This is the Relatable Podcast with Dr. Siobhan, the place where wives are empowered to create happy and loving marriages without making over their husbands. If you are a wife looking to transform your marriage from the inside out, you've come to the right place. Get ready to hear relatable stories, practical advice, and empowering perspectives for how to have a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Now, let's get to the work of Relating Well. Well, hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan here. I am so excited that you've joined me for this podcast episode. So today we are going to be talking about the hard part of getting what you want. And ironically, I am in like the best mood. I was just listening to a little bit of Beyonce. I like Beyonce, for those of you who don't know. I don't know what your personal opinions are about her, but I like her so much, and I like her for the both of us, if you're not a fan. <laughs> um, so I'm like pumped. I was dancing, getting my energy high, because at the end of this conversation, what I hope more than anything is that you will leave feeling really optimistic, that you will leave feeling even more committed to your goals, to your desires, to the results you want to see taking place in your marriage, and that you will be inspired to take action that moves you closer to what you want. Because Getting what you want requires that you do things, that you think things, that you become a person that moves towards what you want as opposed to moving away from what you want. So this concept actually in the coaching community that I am a part of, I'm in a group with many, many other life coaches, and we all, for the most part, have um, the same mentor. And there is this concept called the river of misery, right? Just even the name of it is like, what? The river of misery. So I want you to think about a river. A river, unlike other bodies of water, is one of those things that like moves fast, right? So imagine you're like in the woods, (laughs) which I would never be in the woods, but just imagine for whatever reason we are in the woods and there's a river and a river, unlike a lake or a pond, is where the water is like moving. And in some instances, the water is moving pretty fast. And so the river is going and the water is just gushing and rushing down over the rocks and everything. And we've been instructed that we have to get to the other side. We have to go through the river and on the other side is like, let's just say something we really, really want. I want you to get in your own mind what that would be. For me, it would be like, a beach, <laughs> which a beach and a river don't usually coincide with each other, 
but you're, you're, you're going with me, right? You're humoring me for the sake of this example. And so as we think about stepping into that river, first of all, it's a little bit muddy and there's probably like fish and other things that as we're going across the river are like bumping into us and we're being sort of tossed and turned by the pressure of the water and it's like bumpy ground. There's all these rocks and we're just trying to keep balance. We're trying to just make it across. But if we were honest, it's a miserable experience. Thus, the river of misery. Now, for any of you who are adventure seekers or like to kayak or be outside with nature, maybe this getting across the river is actually something that seems like a fun challenge for you. Um, I'm not talking about it that way. (laughs) Although if you like challenging things, then this will be a wonderful episode for you because you will walk away even more excited about whatever challenges are confronting you in your marriage, whatever challenges are confronting you in your life. But for those of us who don't like rivers and don't like to be in misery, this is also going to be really helpful. And so I want to start off this conversation by just sharing that the journey to anything better in your life has three parts as I see it. So I want you to just think about where you are in your marriage right now, how things are in the relationship between you and your husband, how you speak to each other, how you feel in each other's presence, just the whole vibe and culture and tone of your marriage right now. And so if it's not exactly what you want it to be, the journey to getting to a better place starts with three things, or it includes three things rather. So it starts with awareness. And that awareness is just realizing that you want something better. It's realizing that the state that you're in right now is not all that you want it to be. It's just bringing to your consciousness that, hey, there's some areas that could be improved. There's some things I'd like to see be different. And for those of you who are listening to this podcast, it's likely that you already have this awareness, which is why you're even tuning in in the first place. But I don't want you to take that for granted because there are many, many, many people who actually don't even have the awareness, who just, you know, go about life thinking that their husband is horrible and that's all there is and nothing will ever get better and they're fine with it as it is because that's what they saw in their family and, you know, their mother was cranky and resentful and that's just reality for them. They don't even know that they want something different because they don't even recognize that there is a possibility for something different. And so if you already have the awareness that you want something better, that's good news. Even though it feels uncomfortable because you don't yet have that thing that's better, but just acknowledging that where you are now is not where you want to stay is really important because the opposite of that is apathy. The opposite of that is indifference and just settling and just being stuck and making your home in the stuckness. 
And so the first step to creating something better is just awareness that you want something better and the possibility that it could actually happen. And so that's what leads you to the second step, right? The journey to anything better in your life has three parts. First part, awareness. Second step is actually taking the steps to something better. This is the hard work of change because if you're at point A, but you want to get to point Z, you recognize that you've got to go through B, then C, then D, E, F, G, all the way through, and that this will require something different on your part. I often put it as it will require you to think differently, to respond differently, and to be a different person. That the person you have been being in your marriage has gotten you exactly what you have right now. And if you want something different, it's going to require that you be different. And so some parts of you have to change. Some ways of responding can no longer exist in a marriage that's better than the one you have right now. It's just an impossibility that they're not... Um, you know, the two cannot coexist. They are mutually exclusive. And so if you are the type of woman who is highly critical of your husband or judgmental of your husband or is always suggesting and giving him your opinion about what he should be doing differently, in a marriage where your husband is showing up as this man that you love and accept wholly as he is, then those things just don't enter into that future version of your marriage. If you are a woman who wants to be deeply connected with her husband, where you have this effortless communication, where you can be vulnerable and you feel emotionally safe, then withdrawing, holding things in, you know, pushing him out just has no place in that other relationship. And so taking steps to get something better requires you to think differently. It requires you to respond differently. It requires you to be different. That is all change. And change is hard work, right? Because if it were easy, you would already be doing it. You would already have the result that you want. You would already have the marriage that lights you up inside. You would already have this amazing and incredible relationship with your husband. So that's number two. Number three is actually like when you arrive, right? I just imagine like one of those gifts, like I have arrived. You're just sitting on a throne and... You're like the queen of your home. Your husband is attentive. He is communicative. You guys do fun things together. You feel in sync. You feel like you got your best friend back. You wake up in the morning and you are just so excited to see him. You guys snuggle and cuddle and giggle and... You're just like little kids, little teenagers all in love, like can't keep your hands off each other, texting each other all throughout the day, so excited to see each other when you return home from work. You create dinner together. He's, you know, chopping up the onions. You're sauteing that sauce and you guys enjoy the meal together. It's delicious. He's telling you how good of a cook you are. Then you get those kids to bed. 
you sit down on the TV, you're like snuggled up all cozy with each other. He's like giving you those little soft kisses on your neck. And you're just looking at him. So giddy. So giddy. Isn't that amazing? Right? Like that is arriving at better. I don't know what wife wouldn't want elements of those things more present in her marriage. And so what I want to say, though, is that getting to that place of arrival will often require that you go through this river of misery. It will often require that you get to this hard part where it seems like, wait a minute, I don't know if this is going to work out the way I want. I don't know if I have what it takes to keep showing up as this wonderful wife when I feel rejected or hurt or, you know, unsupported by my husband. I don't know if if I'm going to ever see him in a different light because everything I see right now is just pointing in the direction that he's a disappointment. He's not meeting my expectations. He's not meeting my needs. I don't know, Dr. Siobhan, like this is hard and I don't know that I'm cut out to make it to the other side. And so before I try to convince you otherwise just yet, (laughs) what I wanted to do was to just give you other examples in your life where you may have already gone through the river of misery and like you're on the other side. Because sometimes we just need evidence in other places that we can believe to help build our belief in the area where we're currently working. So I want you to think about maybe saving up for your house, right? So like right now you live in a place that you probably like, or maybe, you know, you're preparing to move to a place that you will like better. I'm just going to assume that you're living in a house that is nice. Like you like your house, it meets your needs, and it's amazing, right? Now, getting to that house was not something that you just snapped your finger and that you did, right? In all likelihood, it required that you save some money, that whatever you were living in before didn't require, you know, a down payment of a lump sum of money. It didn't require closing fees. It didn't require, you know, remodeling or new furniture or all the investments you have now made in your home. That money had to come from somewhere. It had to be saved up. It had to accumulate over time in order for it to be available for the purchase of your home or for the purchase of the renovation or the furniture that you have now, right? And so in the process of putting that money aside and letting it accumulate and letting it build up to ultimately result in the thing that you wanted, you had to make some sacrifices. You had to be a little bit uncomfortable in your saving process. I know that was the case for me when I think about my house and I think about my car. Even when I think about, you know, the wedding my husband and I had, like we saved up for that. And, you know, my husband is, (laughs) he's not a fan of debt at all. And so those things were purchased with cash, a lot of cash that required a lot of sacrifice on my part. 
in not spending my money the way that I would have normally spent it, right? Instead of shopping as much as I wanted to shop, I had to cut that down and then put that money towards something that I wanted. And that was uncomfortable, right? And so in the discomfort of that, what I had to do was just keep my mind focused on what I was working towards, why I was doing it, what I wanted more than the immediate gratification of the latest handbag or, you know, regular dinners out with my friends. Like I just scale some of that back. That was the river of misery for some degree. But I knew that as long as I did the work of putting aside the money, that the result would be what I wanted it to be. Another one is in weight loss, right? This is something many of us know that in order to lose weight, you have to eat less and eat differently than what you're eating when you're gaining weight, right? So for me, the first thing I cut out was like carbs and sugar. And I did this recently, actually, um, I don't know if I've sent an email about this, but yeah, I'm in the process of losing weight. I've lost 15 pounds so far, which I'm super excited about. Um, But in that process, I was confronted with my daughter's fifth birthday, which was a pizza party with cake, right? And so in the moment of that party where I'm a little bit hungry and I'm you know, distributing the pizza to people and distributing the cake to people, I wanted it, right? I wanted to like abandon my diet, eat the pizza, eat the cake and enjoy that immediate gratification. But I didn't and it was uncomfortable and I knew that it was going to be uncomfortable and I endured it anyways. And now I can say, right, like I stayed on my plan And I am reaping the results of that. Okay? So what's important for you to just think about are goals you've set for yourself that at some point along the way, it felt uncomfortable, it felt difficult, and you didn't like being in that space of this in-between zone of like moving away from what you don't want and moving towards what you do want, but in the process... It feels pretty awful. And some characteristics of being in the river of misery, some characteristics of this time where it's hard to get what you want. Here are a few things that I notice. One, it's very uncomfortable, right? I've talked about that discomfort. It just feels like I don't like this. I don't like feeling this way. I don't like thinking these things. I don't like, you know, responding in this way. This is uncomfortable. I'm not for it, right? That's sort of what's happening in your mind. The other thing is you are so tempted to go back to what is comfortable, right? And so maybe you even procrastinate. Maybe you even procrastinate on your weight loss and you tell yourself, oh, I'll start after the 4th of July or oh, I'll start after this. I'll start on Monday. I'll start after the holidays, right? Because where you are now feels comfortable and the thought of not having, you know, the foods that you love and needing to move your body more is just something you want to put off, right? That is also 
what happens when you're in the river of misery. It looks like what you had behind you is more comfortable and better. And so you want to turn around, right? You want to turn around and go back to where you just knew what to expect and things were a little bit more comfortable for you. And I want you to know that all of that is normal. And part of this conversation about the hard part of getting what you want and the river of misery is to just let you know that one point, that it's normal. Because I believe that when you know that what you are experiencing is normal, you give rationale to it. Like, oh, this is just the part where it's uncomfortable. It doesn't mean anything has gone wrong. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to ultimately get what I want. It just means I need to continue moving through this discomfort. Okay? So if I were to define this river of misery, if I were to define this hard part of getting what you want, I would define it as the discomfort of change as you work to break a pattern, a habit, or way of being that doesn't serve you, but it ultimately leads you to arrive at a better place. Let me say that again. What we're talking about today, the river of misery, the hard part of getting what you want, is discomfort of change as you work to break a pattern, a habit, a way of being that just doesn't serve you, and that as you do that work, it ultimately leads you to arrive at a better place. So I want you to just think about like, what if on the other side of this hard part, you were guaranteed what you want? Would it make it a little bit more tolerable to go through this river of misery? Would you be able to be a little bit more optimistic? Would you be able to just keep the end in sight and just keep moving forward even though it's hard, even though it hurts, even though it's not what you want because you know that you're headed to what you want, right? And so when you're in this hard part, this discomfort of change as you work to break a pattern or belief or a way of being that doesn't serve you, you're going to want to give up, right? Because there will be a point where you'll just say like, change, this This change is just too hard. I'm not for it. I don't want to do it. You will question your goal. You will question if it's even possible, if it's even working to get you what you want. And it will feel impossible, Right? I have this happen so much with some of my clients where they're doing the work and it seems like the opposite of what they want is happening. And I teach them and I coach them and I support them to just realign themselves with what they want that don't get distracted by this setback right here because the setback is actually the setup to what you want if you keep going forward. And so I want you to know this as well, right? That you're going to want to give up. You're going to want to question if what you want is even possible because it's going to feel impossible. So now that we've normalized it, now that we've just identified, oh, this is 
what happens sometimes. I want to give you three very important um, strategies, steps, mindsets that will move you forward. And the first is just naming it and navigating it. Which just means like recognizing, oh, this is just the river of misery. Oh, this is just the part where it's really uncomfortable. It must be working. Right? This is just the part where it kind of sucks. But I'll get through it. Right? So I want you to think about some other examples in your life. These are just some of the ones that came up for me. So I know... um, There's a stretch of road near my home where when I'm driving, I get zero cell phone reception. So I could be on a call with someone and like all of a sudden the call drops and I'm like, oh, yep, there we go. Must be here I am right before this light. That cell phone just doesn't work. And it's about 10 seconds that it doesn't work, right? That's naming it and navigating it. I just know it like, oh, this is the part where my cell phone stops working And I just keep moving forward, right? I don't throw my phone away and say, oh, my phone is never going to work again because I've hit this dead zone, right? I don't do that. I just, oh, this is the part where my phone stops working. Let me keep going forward and it'll start working again. Same with turbulence when you're on an airplane, right? Like sometimes the captain will like alert you. We're going to be experiencing some turbulence or even when it happens, right? He's like, oh yeah, we're in some turbulence. Give it a few more minutes and we'll be done, right? Now notice his response. He just names it and navigates it. Like, oh, this is turbulence. It feels really uncomfortable. It feels really scary. But he doesn't get on the loudspeaker like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, y'all, I don't know what's happening. What is happening with this plane, right? We'd all want to jump off, But you don't jump off, right? When you're on the plane and there's turbulence, you just brace yourself for the turbulence. You begin to like try to center yourself and calm yourself down because you know eventually it's going to stop and the plane is going to safely land. Same with working out. I think back to when I had a trainer when I was getting all fit and fine for my wedding There would be so many times where I'd be like, oh no, I am not doing this exercise. It is too painful, right? But what did I do and what do you do when you work out, right? You just keep going. Maybe you take a break to catch your breath. I don't just walk out of the gym and be like, no, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. Same with like seasonal allergies, right? Like, Oh, here we go. Pollen count must be high today. You just name it and navigate it. You don't stop breathing, right? And so I give you all of these examples, one, because they're funny, and I know they're things that each of you can relate to, but also to just show you how you're already naming and navigating difficult moments in your life right now. And the way you approach a dead cell phone zone or turbulence on a plane or working out or seasonal allergies, you can navigate it the same way in your marriage, just naming it. This is the river of misery. This is the part where things are hard, but I'm going to navigate it. Another example that many of you will know is like when you're getting your nails done or when you're getting waxing, 
or threading, whatever you do, like that hurts. It's uncomfortable. If you're getting those gels on your nails, like putting your hand in that UV light, sometimes depending on the solution of what you're getting, like it hurts. It's hot. You don't up and leave the shop. You don't leave with half your eyebrow waxed. Right? You just navigate it. Oh, yeah, this is going to hurt. <laughs> but it's worth it in the end. Same with your marriage, okay? This is just the part where it's hard. But I'm going to navigate it. Naming and navigate it. Number two is when you find yourself in the river of misery, you want to equip yourself and endure, right? So the equipping yourself part is just getting the help that you need, getting the support you need, getting the tools you need, right? Like if you were trying to fix something, right? Let's not do that because I don't fix things either. <laughs> Let's just say you were trying to hang a picture on a wall, right? Like you would go get the nail. You would go get the hammer. You might get a ruler or some other tool to make sure that it's not going to be lopsided. You equip yourself. You get the right things you need to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish, the same here, when you're in the river of misery and you feel like you want to give up on your marriage or you feel like you don't know if you have what it takes to keep at this, you don't know that you can actually make the changes that you need to make to have a happier existence, you get the help you need, right? You get the support, you get the tools, whether that's calling a friend, getting a book, enrolling in some, you know, support program, reaching out to a therapist, a counselor, a coach. You get the help that you need to equip yourself, to arm yourself with the things that you don't know to do or the things that you can't do by yourself. Right? And then in the spirit of endurance, you want to cultivate the mindset of like, I will get through this. It's not going to be this hard every single day for the rest of my life. Right? This too shall pass. You will not be in this state forever. It's so important to remember that. And I know a lot of times when you're going through really hard seasons, hard moments, hard issues, it feels like there is no light at the end of the tunnel. It feels like it will just always be this way. And I just want you to know it won't, that it won't always be that way. That there's no way in the world things won't ever change. Now, I can't tell you exactly what that change will be, but I can tell you what God has already said, right? He's already told you that all things are working together for your good because you love him and you've been called to his purpose. And, you know, Christ came to, to make sure that we had an abundant life. And so he's not just going to leave you there in misery. It's impossible. You just have to endure and keep putting one foot in front of the other. And the third thing 
is faith in the future that you want. What if as you're in the river of misery, what if as you are experiencing this hard part of getting what you want, you just consider it's the cost of admission? That if I want an incredible, if I want an exceptional, if I want an extraordinary and happy marriage, this is just what I have to do right now to get that. I'm not entitled to just wake up and have a perfect marriage. There's work that I have to do to create that. And when I create that, right, when you put in the work now, you get the reward later. And some days it may feel like that reward is not coming, but that's just when you have to tap into the faith of the future that you want. Spend time thinking about what you want instead. If your husband feels a little bit distant, if he's not affectionate or if he's not, you know, loving you the way that you want to love. Put your faith in what you want. Put your faith in a future that's better, where he is reaching out to you, where he is wanting to connect with you, where he is expressing his love to you and showing you all the time how important you are, how much of a priority you are, how much he has you on his mind. Get yourself in that space and put your faith there as opposed to harping on where you are now. That's the only way to get through. Okay? So I'll leave you with just three things, three additional things on top of the three things I just gave you. I know, but I really want to reinforce and I really want to get you to a place of just hope, hopeful expectation. If you are in this river of misery right now, if you are experiencing the hard part of getting what you want, I want you to know that it will subside. I want you to know that This is the worst part before it gets better. And I want you to know that in the end, it will work out. And that if it hasn't worked out yet, it's not the end. All right? So be encouraged. Be encouraged. Keep moving forward. And don't give up. Don't give up on what you want. And if I can be a help, if I can be a guide or navigate these rocky waters with you, feel free to reach out. If you're looking for help, if you're looking for some tools and some resources and some guidance and some ways of navigating these rocky waters of your marriage right now, I'm here to help you. And I absolutely can do that. You can schedule a call to speak with me by going to bit.ly forward slash call with Siobhan. It's bit.ly forward slash call with Siobhan. And Siobhan is spelled C-H-A-V as in Victor, O-N-N-E. There is no reason for you to be swept away. There is no reason for you to drown. There is no reason for you to be taken under in the river of misery because there's dry land on the other side. We just got to keep moving forward. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll be back with you next week.
for another podcast episode. Bye for now. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. Now I'd love to connect with you more. Join me in my private group on Facebook, the Empowered Wives Society, or sign up for my weekly newsletter at berelatable.com. There you'll find additional resources to help you create the happy and loving marriage you desire. And of course, I can't wait to meet you right back here for the next episode. Until then, make your marriage amazing.